Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are Weaver or it, it's, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Night Vale with dashes. Oh, pronoun, pronoun shift. Grammar to grammar change. What? You said Weaver instead of Vivim. Fuck, did I? No, it's still Vivim. <laughs> <laughs> I did not change my pronouns. <laughs> Oh, I have to take I, my guys. I'm, I'm a latecomer. I use any pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. Oh, uh, I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. I'm. You can follow me on Twitter or on co-host at Topple Thrones, and I'm leaving that in. It's too funny. And you can follow the show on TikTok, Tumblr, and on which one did Twitter. I forget? Twitter at top, um. I almost said Topple Thrones. Thanks, Wyatt. At <laughs> <for the> podcast. <laughs> Uh, today we're talking about, uh, Supernatural Season 6, Episodes 5 and 6, um, Live uh, for your twi hard and, and you can't, you can't handle, handle the, truth. the truth. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was struggling on the twi hard bit. What an episode name. What an um, episode. Content episode, warnings honestly. for these episodes will include... Underage drinking, blood infection, supernatural being weird about queer people, anti-indigenous racism, and the exoticization of indigenous people, conversations about abuse, uh, misogyny, mention of radical feminism, sexual assault, suicide, pedophilia, gory death, manipulation, and animal death. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. <sighs> All right. <laughs> it's been a while since I complained about saying the word ask box, but it's so bad. Ask box. Ask ask box. <laughs> Especially when I'm smiling, because like I have to articulate that K. Ask I have to hit box. it so hard. All right. So let's talk about live free or twy hard. This episode was written by Brett Matthews and directed by Rod Hardy. Do we know either of those guys? Huh. I think Rod Hardy I... sucks, but I've only ever seen this of his, so <laughs> I just really hate the directing this episode. I'm gonna complain I, about it so much. I hate much. like everything about this episode. Except for like the fun bits. So yeah, I think this episode is fun, but it's we'll fun, talk, but we'll it's diabolical. It. It's I think uh, it's fun, but it's terrible. It's bad television, but Hold I on, enjoy watching Brett it Rod's so much. Supernatural. Rod Hardy hasn't Brad Matthews. I looked this up. He only wrote three and they're all in season six. Okay. Um, yeah. It's this one, Caged Heat, and, and I did this last none. night, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, thank you, and then there were none. Rod Hardy is a real... He's been directing for a long time, since the 70s on Division what? 4. Uh, he's old, um, but he seems like a real like working director, as far as like... He doesn't have any... This is the only Supernatural episode he will direct, which is interesting. Yeah, I have the but... wrong Ron Hardy, because this the one I'm looking at died in 1992. <laughs> Actually, getting a ghost to direct Supernatural would be cooler than anything the show has done. Oh, hey. Cool. Apparently, uh, apparently, Brett Matthews will go on to be a big writer and a co-executive producer on The Vampire Diaries, so man likes vampires. <sighs> okay. Actually, no, oh. this man fucking hates vampires and teenage women. <laughs> you can, you can, I didn't come out of this episode thinking that the, the, that the writer hated vampires. No, it's true. The the writer hates Twilight. They just Twilight. think vampires are gay, the, and yes, he's gay people. The writer people. hates Twilight, which... Hating Twilight is complicated. Hating Twilight. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. Let's talk We're going to talk a lot first. about Twilight today. Yeah. Buckle up, bitches. 
Okay, so we open this episode in a goth bar. Hell yes. Uh, a young woman shows an ID to the bartender that is definitely not hers. The woman in yes. the picture on the ID is Asian. Uh, and this woman is white. Uh, she meets a guy who's, you know, he's broody. They she sit meets together. Discount Edward Cullen. Yeah. Their <laughs> names are Kristen and Robert, by yes. the way. Yes. <laughs> um, so we find out that she's only 17. Uh, they met on a poetry forum or something, like a vampire forum, and she writes poetry. One of those two. Uh, she gives herself a paper I have cut. pictures of their forum. It's good. It's very, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's great. It's extremely uh, And the man, Robert, is visibly shaken by this, and then he disappears. We cut back to Kristen, and the transcript comments that she's a lefty, which is really cute. <laughs> uh, Robert reappears. The whole episode is really melodramatic, which is kind of the point, but, you know. So this whole, this whole conversation, it's... You know, you've seen Twilight. You know what this conversation is like. Uh, they talk, and we find out that Robert is a vampire. Oh, my God. Uh, they leave the bar and go back to Robert's place, and another vampire uh, who is very greasy uh, jumps out, and she gets bit, and then there's a title card. Uh, Dean is talking on the phone with Lisa, letting her know that he's only about a night's drive and that when he wraps up the case they're working, he'll head over there. Uh, Sam appears and shows him the pile of missing women posters. Six girls in seven days. More disappearances than this city has seen in a year. All the girls are about the same age. Turns out a seven just got reported today, so they go to talk to Kristen's dad. Uh, they head up to Kristen's room, and it's covered with vampire romance paraphernalia. It's very goth. She's got pillows with some white guy's face on it. Uh, shout That's, out to... Isn't that... Wait. Isn't was that actually, Robert Pattinson? Was it actually? I wasn't sure. I would. I didn't take a very good look. I think it's all knockoff. I don't know if they have the rights to like actually show faces or... It looked like, a lot like him anyway. It's I, certainly I believe you, but I supposed thought, to like, be invoking it, but I don't know if it's actually his face. I didn't see it clearly enough. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't look at it closely. Gonna, shout out gonna... to 13-year-old um, me who wanted a Twilight-themed birthday cake. So my dad, because my dad is an artist, drew like a silhouette of edward and bella on their like prom date or whatever where they're like just standing and then like airbrushed it was a cool cake but it was that is very cool shout out to Kristen who has like and her dad who has like this is a legitimately like thoroughly decorated bedroom they went with a theme and they ran with it Mm -hmm. god forbid women do anything literally (laughs) how old was taylor lautner in 2010 he's only 30 so he was yeah he was he was 18 in 2010 Okay, so he was a kid at that point. I was, it, I just remember Dean calling him a kid, which granted I call him. Dean is a very old man in this episode. He is such an old crotchety man. It's like these darn kids these days with their vampires. Um, so uh, they find her computer, manage to get into it, and they find the forum that she's been frequenting. They find the name of the bar that they met at. Uh, we cut to a blood van getting robbed by a bunch of vampires where they steal all the blood bags. Uh, on the phone with Samuel, they decide that it definitely is vampires now, but Sam isn't sure why they're bothering with the blood bags when they have a bunch of kids full of the stuff. Uh, in the Black Rose, they spot a couple of possible suspects. One of the guys kisses a different guy, so that apparently pairs down the possible suspects. This episode is diabolical. Um, they follow the two guys, they split up, follow two guys that leave the bar with women. Um, Sam heads down to the basement, and the guy jumps out at him. Sam effortlessly beheads him. Uh, with the other two kids and Dean, the guy is about to take a bite when Dean pulls him off. Turns out this guy is just role-playing as a vampire to get laid. You know. You uh, know how it is. Yeah. And then a voice behind Dean says that he's pretty. A, a masculine voice. Um, this episode fucking insane. Uh, the 
uh, after informing the vampire that Dean is not gay, uh, the vampire beats his ass. Uh, Sam shows up, but then he just kind of like stands there. Hmm. What's up with What's up with Sam? What's up this with season? Sam? <laughs> what's going on? Also, okay, it's not it's not Edward and Bella. It just like looks a lot like them on like a brief glance to the it, point where yes, like it is this very... isn't this isn't there like a famous image of them that is like me, like this exactly with like yeah, yeah it's that pose for sure. Okay, okay. It's also okay. it's not hard to imitate. No, of course Robert not. Pattinson they're they're two like brown haired young attractive people. There's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, was like a plot point in the episode. Yes, <laughs> like Sam yes. shows all the girls who have been kidnapped, and they're all like white girls with brown hair. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the vampire bleeds in Dean's mouth, turns him, and only after that does Sam pull out the machete and try to stop him, but the vampire gets away. Uh, in the motel, Dean is experiencing the worst overstimulation he has ever experienced. Uh, he's resigned to die because he thinks Samuel is going to cut his head off once he gets here, because Sam won't do it, and he's going to ask him to. I like that this this is uh, um, consistent because Gordon. The same thing happened to Gordon when he got turned into a vampire is like the overstimulation. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, Dean demands why Sam isn't freaked out because he can hear his heartbeat, and it's just. You know, pretty steady. Dean heads to the bathroom, and Sam paces around for a while. When Sam goes to check on him, he's gone. Dean's standing in Lisa's bedroom, watching her sleep, which he commented on earlier. Uh, Dean starts I want to his... talk about this scene. I'm excited to talk yep. about it. <laughs> Dean starts making his goodbyes, but he won't actually tell her what's going on. <sighs> and she tries to keep him around to tell her what's going on, but he leaves. Ben comes out of his room, and Dean, like, shoves him out of the way, because he's, like, freaking out, because... Blood. Um... Samuel and Sam are in the motel room. Dean appears in the corner very, like, broodingly. And Samuel demands to know if he fed. Samuel reveals that there's a cure for vampirism, so long as the new turn hasn't drank human blood. However, the hardest part is they need the blood of the vampire that turned Dean, meaning they need to go get into the nest and kidnap Boris. That's that vampire's name. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that. Dean decides that he's going to go into the nest since he's one of them now. Sam doesn't want to let him go alone, but of course he smells like bacon, so Dean heads off for his solo mission. Uh, so he heads to the nest. Turns out the company line is to not kill people, which is why they need the blood bags. Presumably it's to keep a low profile. Robert tells him that he's a recruiter now because he's hot, uh, and apparently the recruiters get to bang all the chicks. Uh, they head to Boris, who's got Kristen writing poetry on a laptop. He's a total freaking freak. Uh, I hate him. He's mm-hmm. a creep. Uh, there's a whole bunch of newly turned women drinking from blood bags and moaning in cages. The vibes yep. are fucking rancid here. The vibes are rancid. <laughs> this place sucks. Yeah. No um, pun intended. There's not even any, like, fun club music. Like, there's not even oons oons. Like, hello. Uh, then the cage- <laughs> don't like, even you know, have oons oons. <laughs> <laughs> you know how in, like, bars in Star Wars, they have, like, women dancing in cages? I, I, I got something to tell you, Ash. That's a thing in real life also. That's why it's in media. Okay, I figure it's a thing in real life. Do I... First of all, first of all... Guy who's never been to a bar. Washington fucking suck. (laughs) Second of all, you can't even bring your own booze. You have to cross the border into Idaho to do that. Third of all, I've never been in a strip club in my life. I've never even been to a bar. Closest I've gone is going to fucking Chili's. I haven't been to a bar and I don't even drink. I I just haven't gotten... Alex doesn't drink, so... I haven't gotten around to it. I need to go with Mitch. I'll probably mm-hmm. go to the pub crawl for Halloween. Anyway. Cool. Um, fun. Yes. So 
if they had club music, it would I would I would be like, yeah, hell yeah. And the the women actually seem to be enjoying themselves, but they're not. They're just it's rancid rancid vibes. Yeah. Anyway, I do think uh, this set is cool though. I do like mm-hmm. that it's like this weird old like rundown like mansion thing. Yeah, it's super cool. Um so it turns out Boris is doing a recruitment drive. He's building an army. He gets a little weird with Dean. We hate it. He invites him on the private tour. We hate it. Uh, Dean tries to get him with the dead man's blood, and Boris starts kicking his ass. Then all the vampires drop to the floor, whispering about their father. And then they get a vision. It's kind of hard to describe, but the big part is is that there's an alpha vampire and also two little girls. The vibes continue to be rancid. Uh, and when Dean wakes, he starts to make his escape. Sam and Samuel show up, and since Dean's not out there, they assume something's gone wrong, so they head in to help him. They find Dean sitting, covered in blood, with Boris's head under his shoe. Back at the motel, Samuel is fixing up the cure. It's nasty, and suddenly Dean remembers seeing Sam hesitate before jumping in to save him from Boris. Hmm. Uh, the next day, when Dean's cleaned up, Sam wants to know what he saw in the nest, and Dean tells them about the vision. Then we cut to Dean leaving Lisa a message. Huh. <sighs> And Dean is all suspicious of Sammy, and then the episode ends. Yep. Yep. So, this Twilight fun, came out. But it, but it fucking hates gay people. <laughs> it literally hates gay people and teenage girls. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, the show had to address Twilight if it was going to bring vampires back. Like, it's the zeitgeist of the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about Twilight. Those movies were huge. Um, I recently watched Twilight. That movie's good. <laughs> Okay, well, now I'm left out because I haven't seen or read Twilight. I didn't have I a Twilight phase. I had an anti-Twilight phase Yeah, because I was deep oh, yeah, in my not-like-other-girls phase, and so yeah. I was too good for Twilight. I yeah. did pick it up, literally pick it up in a library one I, time and open to a random page and go, I could write better than this and put it back. It's a bad book. Like, like okay. No, the book is bad. Okay. I know. For thing one, Twilight, super problematic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Thing two... Disliking Twilight, also kind of problematic in a lot of ways in terms of, like, the general, like, cultural zeitgeist about hating things that teenage girls like. Mm-hmm. Both can be true. Yeah. If, you um, can hate Twilight because a Mormon wrote it and was racist as fucking hell. Yeah. Don't hate it because young girls like it. Because then yeah. you're just a creep. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be a weirdo. Uh, I had normal. no idea the extent... Of, like, the weird exoticization around indigenous people when it comes to werewolves in oh. in in that movie and it's... book. I had no idea. I didn't know the werewolves were were Native American. I didn't know that. You didn't know? I didn't Literally know that. All of them. I knew oh that God. there was, like, I knew that there was some, like, weird, like, exoticization stuff in that movie. But before I watched it, I did not know. Um... It just, it, it isn't, it's one of the things that isn't talked about or wasn't talked about that much about it. It's talked about more now because people yes. are like, hey, isn't that super problematic? And the answer is yes. Um, so, however, so much of it. I think that movie's great because Kristen Stewart and uh, Robert Pattinson absolutely know what movie they're in and are playing two of the weirdest people I've ever seen it's in true. any movie ever. It's true. It's incredible. Their performances are like virtuoso performances, I think. And as we have seen from like where their careers have gone, both of them have just leaned hard into being weirdos in like everything they've been in. I think Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are fantastic. I love them both. They're great. They're excellent actors and they do an incredible job in that movie. They deserve better than they got for being in that movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they're doing fine. Like, 
It oh, seems but immediately like, after it yes, was. Yes, well, yes, yes. Oh. But, like, it doesn't seem to have, like, messed them up in the way that it could have. It's true. It's true. It's, it seems like they have a fairly, fairly healthy relationship with their... And, like, I don't now know. Now Christian not... Stewart is a uh, uh, hot queer and Robert yeah. Pattinson is Batman. Like, yeah. You know what? Yeah, he Pull is. Up. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know what's another really good movie? The Batman. But we... <laughs> I love seeing weirdos. Also I love seen that one watching though. things with fucking weirdos in it. I'm very behind on everything. Oh, well. Aw. Somebody needs to sit me down and make me watch Twilight and The Batman and... That would be a great, a honestly, that would be a genuinely a fantastic double feature. Ugh. Yeah. We had Twilight oh. in the clinic for a little while, and it was all all anyone put in the, the DVD player for like, three <laughs> days. So I, I watched, and mm-hmm. no one ever puts on captions because they're dumb, um, and I'm always, like, working. So I always, like, look up to see, like, the same three scenes, because I mm-hmm. look up at the same, like, is Intervals? one of them the, the, the best, one of the best scenes in any movie ever, the baseball scene? Yes, yes, that scene uh, turned me gay. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast yes. before. Um, also, the hang on tight spider monkey scene. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is so weird. That I uh. see. It's 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 the thing is is like it's camp. Uh huh. Like it's not it's not a good movie based on like the like actual film critic things, but it's so it's so weird. It's so. And if weird. you like weirdos, it's great. Weirdos we feast. I still have to I so I watched that movie alongside the commentary track that Waypoint, one of my favorite podcasts, did with it. And they did one for the sequel too, and I haven't watched it yet, and I need to I need to get around to that. Uh anyway, the supernatural. Sequel, this is our we have now, now that we have expressed our opinions on Twilight, let's yes. talk about this show's opinions on Twilight. Yes. Oh my gosh. So from the top. My my thoughts on this anyway are I think this is extremely funny. Yeah, like, my notes that, say, like, "Girl, this is bad," but like I said it lovingly. You know, like I was having uh-huh. a great yeah. time watching this extremely melodramatic. It's uh, spoof. Yeah, it's like, good. If I the think the show like... didn't continue to go on to continue making fun of this girl and girls like her. Yeah. Then I would be like, hell yeah, this is so much fun. But since it's like the whole thing is then tinged. Or, like, throughout it, it's tinged. But, like, it feels like it was written to make fun of her. And oh, yes. I'm sitting here like, no, go get it, girl. Except that he is a predator. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is also well, a I think And that's it's, it's going to come what... back in, like, a later line when they yeah. see her bedroom. Like, there's definitely that through line of, like, making fun of... Not making fun of, like, pointing out um, the, like, creepiness of the age gap in Twilight and similar media. Um which but, is a fair criticism um, to have. It's a fair, which, yeah, absolutely, is, yeah. That sucks, but like it, a lot of it seems to land like stupid girl wanting this relationship. Yeah. Doesn't she know better? Like, why don't you mm-hmm. exactly. a stupid guy for wanting a seventeen-year-old? Oh, because the other character also does. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's. Uh, it's very much, um, you know, very very like standard level like disdain for women showing interest in anything. I do think that there is also disdain shown for the vampires, though. Oh yeah, no, the like, vampires are not like, portrayed in a good way. Robert is pathetic. No, yeah, Robert is a <laughs> yeah, pathetic fair. wet rag of a man. So, uh, so I do think that it is doing it and is the the doing guy who's dressing sides. up as a vampire is also yeah. yes dunked on. See, um, and the guy who's dressing up as a vampire, I think it's that it's guy's so valid. Weird. I think he's valid, <laughs> but th- it's so weird because I think some of it has to do with like. The idea of, like, cosplaying as a sparkle vampire from Twilight is, like, 
less manly. Yes. Because he, like, he compares him to, like, I, I don't know what he meant by umbop out of here, but I assume it had something to do with, like, boy bands. Um, he refers to one of the one of the guys in the bar as Bieber and the other as yes. Efron. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. It's... The show has it's, opinions about the sort of young men that young women are attracted to exactly. in the early 2010s. And it, they're, they're, it's... The show is written by old. about their masculinity or lack yes. thereof. Yes, um, yes. Um, the, the, yeah. Going back slightly, I wanted to say, my, like, most reparative reading of this anyway is, like, there is, there is something to be said. Uh, I'm in, I'm in two minds about this in that, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, wish fulfillment books for like young people around like mm-hmm. hot relationships that are probably like that you would not want to have in real life and like most people who read these kinds of books like recognize that um there is something to be said about the way that stories like twilight can like valorize and make um like attractive like unhealthy relationship dynamics mm-hmm. of course of course um but like you know people pe- people are not People do not simply sit and absorb the themes of media uncritically. Most people know what's going on. Um, most people most are people smart have basic enough literacy to... skills. Most people are smart enough to be like, this is hot fictionally. I would not want this relationship in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I, I do... I've seen some bad takes. <laughs> oh, of course. And there are always outliers, but like. You know, we just watched we just watched Scream the other night, and that movie does make the point of like the the media doesn't do this to people. There are people who are already going to have these proclivities that like media mm-hmm. can make it worse, but like media is not the be all and end all of like making people do things. Yeah, media isn't like a mind poisoner. Yeah, but it it's just fiction part, affects it reality. Fiction a, affects yeah. the way you see the world. And I think in the same way that like everything does. Exactly. It's like all... I think as a as a thirteen year old who was extremely naive about the world and extremely neurodivergent, I probably should not have read Twilight at the age that I did. I literally figured out how pregnancy worked because my mom was explaining it to me because of what happens in the fourth book. Like <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, I should not have read th- But then the, literally like the next year I read The Hunger Games. But because The Hunger Games is like written more with like with more intent um because it's trying to say series something in literally every way what i said the hunger games is a better series in literally every way it's true um which is like again like wyatt said there's nothing wrong with liking harlequin romance books or liking i don't know the enemies to lovers trope or like we all love the homoerotic sword tip we yes. do we all love it <laughs> that's not, a, not necessarily like some of the like most interesting relationships to think about in media are extremely unhealthy. We're watching the CW Supernatural. Uh-huh. Here. Fiction needs <laughs> like, conflict. Yeah, exactly. And usually people can be trusted to be normal about that. About and just not like swallow mm. the the like bad stuff whole and not even like think about it and just be like, yeah, I'll integrate that into my belief system. That being said, <laughs> I think, um, I, 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 mostly I think about this with, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Most of my friends read Fifty Shades of Grey in middle school. You should not be reading Fifty Shades of Grey in middle school, first of all. Second of all, that should not be your first and only introduction into BDSM, uh, yeah. and, and dom-sub relationships. Third of all, that book should, ha- should have handled its, its, its content with more care, um, 
Like, if you want to write a, a, a series about, like, a person who's trapped in an abusive relationship where BDSM was the gateway to that, like, that's fine. But you have to try, like, you have to actually be doing that. You have Same to thing know with that you're Twilight. doing that. Exactly. Same thing with Twilight. Like, it's, it's hard because it's, like, on the one hand, I'm like, yes, there's nothing wrong with liking romance novels, even trashy romance novels. Like, even the ones with, like, the the half-naked woman and that half-naked man on the cover. Like, you know, Harlequin romance novels, they're trash, but it's fine. Because it's fun. I read trashy fan fiction. I, I watch trashy TV. My, one of my favorite movies is literally Venom. Like, We're talking it's about okay Supernatural. To, exactly. It's okay to like trash. But Since you also have to know... Podcast. Yeah. Exactly. You also have to, like... And, and I feel like some people don't... Sorry, I'm going on such a rant. I'm talking in circles. No, it's like, okay. I can tie this back into the show. Yeah. Keep going. I feel like people don't trust, especially teenage girls, um, but neurodivergent people, queer people, like, there's a certain amount of, like, distrust of, like, thinking that we're too stupid to yeah. interact with media in, like, a healthy way. Which, granted, sometimes people don't interact with media in a healthy way, but... That's a person-to-person basis. Yeah, you can and like, usually no, trust complete no one, strangers. No one has like, any control over that other than the person in question. Like, you can't exactly. help anyone. You can only help people help themselves or, like, yeah, put you people can't, on the path it's, for it's, helping themselves. It's super condescending to concern troll people and be like, yeah. are you sure that you, you know, are you sure that you're actually into kink? Are you sure that you just don't have low self-esteem? Which is you know, rad femme bullshit. Um, but yeah, so there's there's nuances. And then also Twilight helped uh, normalize and fetishize some pretty like crap shit. Like the weird, the weird age gaps, the, the shit about Native Americans, like the inherent like whiteness and Mormonism like baked into it. Like, so- Whatever pro-life stuff was happening. Yeah, yeah, all the pro-life stuff, like, you can, yeah. So, it's, I don't like to say, like, just be normal about things, but it's like, if people like trash, so long as they're being normal about it, it's fine. If they're not espousing, like, oh my god, I can't even think of, like, a horrible thing to say, but if they're not, like, uh-huh. being weird about it, then just leave them alone. Also, they are, they are, like, a young teenager, like, they're gonna grow out of it, leave them alone. Exactly, so what if it exactly. is a phase? Let people have Teenagers, phases. Yeah, teenagers have weird relationships with media. It's just how it is. Show me a permanent sense of the self, mom. Exactly. And, 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 of course, nothing exists in a vacuum. So people being, um, people being, like, attracted to an unhealthy relationship does not exist in a vacuum. It's not their fault. It, it, it doesn't help that culturally... That is normalized. Like, the old ball and chain bullshit, the, the, the idea of, like, possessiveness being an attractive feature. Like, mm. that stuff is reinforced. So, like, it's, as, a, as a, like, a child, a literal child who has not had any experience having relationships, uh, has not, like, grown up enough to, like, have the emotional maturity to, um like, recognize those red flags, like, it totally tracks that they are like, oh my god, this is so cute, he would do literally anything for her. Um, and he's, like, obsessed with her. I want someone to be obsessed with me, because that's just... They're just... They don't... And that's fine. It's fine to have, like, immature fantasies. Because, again, that's part of growing up. 
you can't you don't come out of the womb like being like i recognize red flags yeah and the ideal situation is like you know teenagers figure out who they are by making mistakes and Mm -hmm. a lot of times you're going to end up in a bad relationship and hopefully get out of it and like be fine unfortunately for these women that vampires are real in this universe and thus Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and like i don't know weirdos who will like kill you are also real in the real world in a way that like yeah, I find it really true, interesting that there's like, like some sort of like internet phishing scheme going on of like yeah, some everything guy about the vampire to lure scheme. the girls in, which is like yeah, that could happen without him being a real vampire. Mm-hmm. Well, they and they talk about that Sam and Dean do. They they're like this could probably just be a regular old pervert, right? Yeah. Which and it could um, be. to to bring things back around to the show in regards to what we're talking about in terms of like f- fiction that isn't real slash like melodrama in that way. This shows, like, I want to, I want to, like, interview Brett Matthews for the scene between Lisa and Dean, which I want to, like, cut to a little bit. Because this entire time, the show has been, in the way we've talked about, like, making fun of and being disdainful of a certain type of melodrama, which is, like, the, the vampire romance thing. And, like, particularly, Dean makes a bunch of comments, like, isn't it creepy to sneak into someone's room when they're sleeping? Like, oh, this is so corny, etc., etc. And then Dean gets turned into a vampire and immediately has a scene out of one of those books with Lisa, where he, like, literally creepily, like, goes into her window when she's sleeping. He's like, I can't, I like... I'm not safe for you. I can't hold on. I need to pull up the transcript of this and like read some of these lines because it is wild. I was like sitting here with my mouth agape being like, this is feels like a thesis statement that this writer is making about supernatural or that the show is making about itself in some way. Um, in a way that baffled me. Uh, he's like, I wanted to see you. Um, She's like, you're scaring me. And Dean has a moment where he's like, oh, God, I'm Pattinson, like the show hanging a lampshade on itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's like, I got to go. I can't bring this crap home to you. Uh, My life is ugly and violent. I'm going to die soon. Um, And then just like he books it and like hurts Ben on the way out. And like this will have major consequences. But like everything about the scene like the way it's shot the way dean delivers his lines like it shifts into a different mode in a way that i found fascinating as i was watching it because yeah like supernatural is making fun of the vampire romance melodrama supernatural in its itself is also a melodrama Mm -hmm. shown by dean immediately having this kind of scene which is played completely straight and will have major ramifications for the rest of the show like the pivot this show takes from being like goofy vampire satire to like actually taking this all seriously i don't know it fascinates me it like incorporates the melodrama back into itself it becomes the thing it's making fun of it's like how supernatural constantly whenever it's like becomes briefly aware of the fact that it is itself a show um when like if it acknowledges its own material um, so anytime that we get a, something about like a Chuck plot line, it comes mm-hmm. up a lot and we've talked about it a lot, but like it has to make fun of itself because being genuinely earnest is humiliating. Well, like even no, if but I think it is show, being earnest though. And it like, is, it's not it making is, fun of it itself in that to, scene. It does have to make that line where Dean is going to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't right, have I don't... this scene in Supernatural and like have 
you know, clear parallels off of the Kristen and Robert scene and then just, like, not have Dean acknowledge that because that would be so cringe to actually be the same as Twilight. Exactly. Supernatural needs to think that it's better than Twilight. And so Dean has to dunk on Twilight in the middle of being Twilight. Like, it's so... Mm-hmm. You're not better than Twilight, Supernatural. You're just older. It's funny because that's not my reading of what it was trying to say there at all, which I like that we have different opinions on yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's like when, when writers overcompensate when they're like i know this doesn't make sense but that's okay like remember this is fiction you know that type of that type of i know i do it yes um and it's like before the audience has a chance to be like it's funny that dean is making fun of twilight when he's being twilight they're like yeah we know that was the point yeah I, i don't know my my reading of him saying that line was like his realization that like he isn't like, Supernatural isn't better than the thing it's making fun of. Like, it's doing the thing. And, like, they're doing that on purpose in order to be like, yeah, we know we're a melodrama too. And, like, Dean, of course, does have the moment where he's like, oh, no, I'm a character in a story, like, a little bit there. But, like, the it's a serious scene that is played straight and has major ramifications. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a joke. Yeah, but I think that line is a joke. Yeah. Like, you are supposed to laugh when Dean has that self-awareness for a second. And then we go back into, like, the seriousness of the scene. But, like, there Mm -hmm. is that bit where Dean is like, oh, God, I never wanted to be at this level. Yeah, that's fair. I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, Also, going back to the whole watching people while they sleep standing above their bed while they sleep. um, Of course, the show doesn't think about this because the show doesn't think gay people exist unless they can be used for a punchline. But this is also what Cass does. Literally, I had that that's exact That's true, note. that's true. And Dean is uncomfortable with this, because, like, that's totally valid. It's a little bit weird. But, like, they, the the parallels are there, once Cass again. is literally Dean's vampire lover. Except like once he's not a vampire. Like, that's yeah. the only difference. <laughs> yeah, like, once again, you can't draw parallels between the heterosexual relationship and the supposedly platonic relationship between two men without people being like, hey, this is kind of gay. Like... You don't draw parallels without them That's being That's why parallel. Cass couldn't be in this episode. They would have to make him Edward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, they get away with it a little bit because Cass is a weirdo, but so is so is. God, Edward. I miss Cass. I miss Cass. Sorry, mm-hmm. I know he's coming next episode, but I haven't had enough Cass. Mm-hmm. It's a drought. Okay. Yeah. So I that's... Think... Go on. I... I think this episode is self-aware of, like, not just the melodrama of Twilight, but the melodrama inherent in any kind of urban fantasy. Yeah. Well, the stuff like, about, like, Dean being like, I need to die now, like, that sort of thing, like... Yeah. It's melodramatic. It's always yeah. melodramatic. Um, literally, like, everything Dean does is melodramatic. So I think they know... I think the difference between this and, like, um... Oh, God, what was the episode where they were just making fun of fandom? Which one? Well, okay, yeah, that's fair. The one where I went off on a whole thing... That's because, okay, like, like, we know, we all know what you mean. Yeah, like, because that episode, it was like, it felt more like, haha, you are so silly for liking this show that we are making. And it's like, my brother in Christ, you are making the show. <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, yeah, we know this is a melodramatic show that's part of the genre, but we can still spoof other melodramatic stuff and be melodramatic and still have, like, a fun episode and have actual drama in the episode. Like, mm-hmm. in that way, I think mm-hmm. it's a really mature take of, like, you can be melodramatic and serious, and you can be spoofy while also ha- being, like, having serious scenes and serious ramifications, which is what Supernatural should be, ideally. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's like... The there's real Ghostbusters an... is the one that has the mm. convention, if that's what you mean. 
Um, there's also uh, Joss Whedon has cursed us all, Ugh. um, because there is a D- Dean. Dean, as always, like is an inherently Whedon esque character in the way that he will be like, "Is that happening?" Or like, "Is this real?" Like, "Are you are you kidding me right now?" Like, "I'm a Pattinson," etc. Like, that's just a trend. Like since Buffy, that like we still continue to have to deal with as a culture. Marvel movies do this all the time, where they like poke fun at their own like mm-hmm. internal like rules, and it's like okay, just just accept the fact that you're what you are. And yeah. I I think this show do- this episode does mostly do that still. Um, but like Dean is this type of character and will never not yeah. be. So like exactly. he has to say it because it's who he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, it's that overcompensation of like, don't make fun of us. We know it's, we know yeah. we're cringe. We have to acknowledge it in the fiction <laughs> so that people don't think we're being genuine because being genuine is cringe. Yeah, it's like I know I'm cringe, but what are you doing watching me? Exactly. <laughs> I had to. I, I showed my brothers the TikTok I made for um, the, the the long one, and I had to first of all, I had to explain that I had a supernatural podcast, <laughs> um, which you know, and. <laughs> I was, my, my brother said something and I was like, I have a bachelor's degree. He was like, you have a bachelor's degree and a supernatural podcast. <laughs> Ouch. I'm like, okay, fair, but also, <laughs> um, but I don't remember where I was going with this, but I had to explain to them the Misha Collins legacy. Uh-huh. Leaking out his ass? Yes. Oh my God. That one specifically. I did mention that one specifically because I mentioned people clowning on him on Twitter. Um, anyway, cringe is dead. Be genuine. Um, Enjoy things. Cringe is dead, except for it's not dead, because cringe also applies to, like, people who are fucking cringe, like TERFs. Oh, yeah, no. Cringe culture should only be applied to people who are, like, actually assholes. People who are mean to me in the Among Us lobby are cringe. This is my, I'm gonna... I'm gonna call it wince culture now. Wince culture is, like, when you see someone, you're like, oh, that guy fucking sucks. Not that... No, there's a difference. Cringe is still an important word in terms of, like, a human emotional reaction to things. That's like different from wincing. It's yeah. I just feel like it's been it's been overused. Um, I'm not literally saying that we shouldn't be using the word anymore. (laughs) I think cringe is a very fun word to say. Um, I just want to shout out uh, Thought Slime and Sophie from Mars's Cringe Corner, where they talk about like horrible right wingers and turfs and like other like monster people. Uh, if you want to hear two queer people just absolutely dunking on the scum of the earth, go check out those videos. They're very funny and well edited. It's it's fun to turn the cringe back around on the people who tried to kill us with shame. Watching somebody post about how much they fucking love anime mommy milkers <laughs> and fetishizing Asian people, like, click, that's going in my cringe comp. Man, this is the most, like, like... Uh, completely like off, off the <laughs> chain. Really talks about the episode. Like episodes. Uh, I mean, like we don't need to go scene by scene in this. Like we've talked about the broad themes. There's not too much to talk about. Yeah. Like we didn't talk we, about gay people yet. Yeah. So we do need to talk about that. Um. I also there, there's a, there's a couple lines. I do want to point out a couple lines. Uh, in this cold open to like lean in to do some like uh closer getting a little bit just because i do think it's very funny when they're like leaving the bar together um she's like edgy so your place is there gonna be velvet uh and that's when he starts to like break the character but it's just, like mm-hmm. the, is there gonna be he velvet goes, yeah, is such sure. a funny line um it is really good 
There's, there's a, also some good, like, when he shows her his fang, she's like, I knew it. He's like, are you scared? She goes, no. He's like, you should be. Because I'm yeah. scared, just scared I'm it's dreaming really and I'll wake fun. up in math class. Exactly. The math class line made me laugh really hard. Um, he, uh-huh. it's, I think it's really effective that, like, he only shows her, like, the really corner of his mouth. So, like, where, mm-hmm. I was going to say normal vampire, like, fictional within the fiction vampires, where Twilight vampires have fangs, but, like, just the one fang. Um, and then when, like, he reveals he's a real vampire yeah, he's and got Boris all is already teeth, there, yeah. then he reveals, like, the full set of teeth, which is a much scarier vampire vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I really liked uh, was when she's, like, getting out her poetry, she gets a paper cut, and she's like, I'm the clumsiest person ever. And that's always the character trait given to women like this and stories like this. Like, they're mm-hmm. always, like, they're always clumsy. That's always their one flaw. Like, well, Bella, how else could they drop ta- things like, for their love interest to catch? Yep, yep. Yeah. Speaking of, I That's love her a little bit little, dazzled like... red phone case. Yeah. Literally. Good for her. It's so cute. I had a phone case that was not bedazzled, but it had like rhinestones set into it. It was so thick, it like you could not put it in a pocket. And I loved it. <laughs> oh, 2010. A um, time. So yeah, that cold open happens. Uh, Dean talks to Lisa, as we said, and is like, I'm going to visit and that'll completely we talked about that scene already mm-hmm. uh and then they check out the bedroom which we talked about um i do just want to draw specific attention toward her incredible like homepage, like extremely 2010s internet i like um this like i don't even know it's like a weird like proto twitter but small forum thing like it has a twitter style timeline where you like send out your thoughts but it also has like it's like myspacey mm-hmm. um also uh her name's goth girl Kristen. it's like she's not gothy at all she's really not <laughs> in a way that's very funny like her her room is is gothy but like her style of like dress is not gothy at all yeah um, she's very she's normy and that's fine ebony darkness dementia raven way would put up her middle finger at her literally yeah it's it's like it's the i'm not like other girls type of goth but where you don't want to be one of those like freak bull dagger type of goths um so we see on her timeline uh you know she's getting messages from robert which i'll go into for a second i do really like uh, we we see her friend uh thally who is a is a scene girl based on her hair uh and she's like where are you at and which is sad because we know that she's been vampirized at this point and her friend's worried about Mm -hmm. her but also we we have jody wrote check out velvet rod they rock three exclamation marks um and then some messages from Robert that's like, I can only meet you at night. Can't trust myself with you. The call of your blood is too strong. Meet me at the Black Rose. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then, like, subject lines. He's like, meeting will be tri- tricky. I can only meet you at night. You know how uncomfortable I am opening myself up to you. Kristen, I think you're right. It has to be tonight. Before something something run away with you forever. Uh, nightmare last night was awesome. Been a long time since I've had one that good. It was really vivid. If only I could describe it to you face to face. Uh, poetry. Oh, Read your latest. I find your use of punctuation and lack of capitals. Dot that dot dot. Intoxicating. Me. That one is so funny. It's so funny. Um, Not effervescent. And then the the last one. Dark things haunt my dreams too. Dot dot dot. You're not alone, Kristen. Sometimes I think it's everyone else in the world that's sleeping, and we're the only two people that are really awake. <laughs> It's very funny. Shoutouts to whatever, like, intern wrote things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was the writer of the episode. But regardless, it's 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 very funny. It's good detail for a thing you only see for, like, half a second. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then we see the the goth bar, um, shoutouts to this place, and all these extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean mentions emo. Dean, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. These are goths. I uh, I want to particularly shout out the woman we see briefly, who's like fit is incredible and also has like extremely cool tattoos. Posting her so we can put her in the refs. So true. She's very cool. Goth people. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, and then this is where is we this, see this the like the woman fake who's vampire like, guy. Yeah, when somebody walks past. Oh, it's not the same person actually, but somebody no. walks past in like a full. I don't know, I guess latex outfit, and the subtitles go rubber squeaking. It's so uh-huh. funny. We love it. We love to see it. It's like, you think you think she wears that to the beach? Which I didn't really understand that line. Um, We see some gay people. Mm-hmm. Dean raises his eyebrows at them. Dean makes, like, a face. Yep. Live Dean reaction. He's like, his oh, live, gay people <laughs> Yeah, live exist. Dean reaction. Dean, whenever gay people will exist, is like, what the fuck? What the allowed? fuck is happening right now? What the now? fuck? Is this allowed? Is this um, allowed? Yeah, and then, like, immediately rules this guy out as not being the guy who is luring girls here. Bi people existing. Did you know that? Not to be, like, maybe bisexuals can be that... predators, too. <laughs> but Maybe he had the same thought as Anathema did in Good Omens. <laughs> oh, fair. Where it's like, oh, these these old fruits. They're they clearly in love. Mm-hmm. Um, they find the guy who dresses up as a vampire to get laid. We talked about him already. Um, again, Sam, those two, those two are valid. Has... They're just engaging in their kink. It's fine. Yeah, literally, don't kink shame them, Dean. Um, yeah. The guy, the, the real vampire that Sam decapitates, has like shockingly little blood for a decapitation. Which the... I don't like. It's not like Supernatural doesn't show us gore other times. It's just that this one like barely wet the knife. Vampires continue to have like a huge glowing weak point on their necks. It's so funny how their heads are chopped off. It's There's a head chop off later too trying. when Robert is killed. That's like, what? <laughs> What's even happening? Yeah. Um, like it takes Boris... the same effort to slice through the entire spine as it does to like slice like slit someone's throat. Yeah. In Supernatural. Yep. Um. Boris is like, you're pretty, and then Dean's like, I don't swing that way, and then gets thrown like immediately. The nothing of a else happens. Block. He's like, I'm not gay, and Boris immediately fucking throws him through the air. This is the it's future really liberals want. He lands in the trash. It's really They're funny. Like so <laughs> and then they have this fight. Dean loses and gets vampirized, and Sam watches. We blah 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 blah. Um, Dean looks very pretty in the scene because the supernatural is obsessed with making uh, the most use of jackals being pretty when Dean is yes. the victim of like eroticized violence. Yes, mm-hmm. he gets like blood smeared all over his mouth. It's really something. Mm-hmm. It's which means that the world. plot of this episode is that like a queer man assaults Dean behind a bar. Well, behind I mean, a club, yeah, I guess he's a queer. And like gets his blood in him, and then Dean is yep. a danger to his family yep. of oh, his yeah. wife and kid. So he has, to, I mean, whatever, not wife. Um, and so he has to leave them. But like, it's bad. It's really fucking bad. Have, Supernatural continues to use vampirism as a metaphor for AIDS, and is always leans more into it when there's two people of the same gender on screen. Did did Gordon get turned on screen? I think so. Um, anyway, the, so in the, well, you look for that, they have the, like, Dean's like, you gotta kill me. Um, Sam's like, how's it feel? Dean's like, now you want to talk about my feelings? Yeah, he's so um, ready. <laughs> and then he just, he, uh. And Sam's like, no, physically. 
He does what I do when I'm feeling overstimulated, which is hide in the bathroom. <laughs> so valid. Like, newsflash, I'm... Mr. Wizard, vampires pee. Which is the funniest line the show has ever done. It's so fucking it's stupid. Very it's very funny. It's very funny. What does that even mean? I kept saying it to myself for like 10 minutes afterwards. <laughs> Newsflash, Mr. Wizard. Vampire's Vampire's pee. Pee. Um, what are you fucking talking about? Anyway. What is, um, com- what is coming out of your mouth? Those are not words. No. I really like the way that the sensory overwhelmingness is like portrayed with like the echoing and the flashing. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. I also really like the use of like Sam's heartbeat being steady as like something to call him on. It's very good. Yeah. Yep. And you don't even like notice it until Dean points it out. Like you notice the heartbeat, but you don't think about how Sam's heartbeat is strangely steady. Yep. That's interesting. Um then you know, he flees out the window, we get the Lisa scene, which we talked about. Um anything either of you wanted to say there that we didn't hit already? He pushed Ben. He pushed Ben, I know, it's sad. Oh, Gordon was turned on screen. This is in uh, three seven Fresh Blood. Um, was it he was turned on screen. Uh, it was weird because the vampire was like luring in women, but then also calling them his daughters, and we talked about that. Yeah, it was that guy. Um, oh, yeah. So it's like ostensibly heterosexual, but also weirdly incestuous. Um, and but Gordon didn't put it in. I mean, whatever this guy's name is, the vampire didn't put it in Gordon's mouth. He like sliced their arms and pressed the cuts together. Whereas Dean gets full-on mouth treatment. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Va- vampires in Supernatural are just always... The vibes are always rancid. They never make them not rancid, with only a few exceptions. But sometimes it's the AIDS allegory, and sometimes it's incest, apparently. They they they, they just use all the allegories for, for vampires. <laughs> They're like, vampires are sexy, but We've- also... We've talked about this a lot in terms of vampires are truly a deeply rich, like, metaphorical device. Mm-hmm. They can do it all. They have the range, darling. Yep. Uh, so Sam calls Samuel. Um, Samuel's like, you know there's a cure. Like, I told you this. Like, what the heck, man? He goes, and, what? No, and, you didn't. And Sam, like, gaslights him. Um, <laughs> Gaslight yeah, Sam's us. like, no, that must have been Christian. You never told me that. Yep. Dean's like... I went to see Lisa. I didn't drink anyone. I came close. Like, kill me, do it. Like, no, we're gonna oh, save you. Oh, I had notes on the Lisa scene. I didn't. Oh, okay. I, that's um, why I asked. Yeah, no, it's um. There's with approximately 23 minutes left in the episode. Uh, there's a shot where like when we first see Dean in Lisa's room and he's like silhouetted against the window. Um, extremely similar <sighs> yeah. to the way that like Azazel was silhouetted in the pilot. Mwah! Mm. And, and become and the shadow in also the bedroom. In, that's a good point. Uh, John, exactly. Oh. Shadow, I think, actually. No, Shadow, Shadow. yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, Shadow Nightmare is... is... So. Nightmare was Max. Different. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Lisa's in a white nightgown. Or white she's not bed white clothes. It's she's not a nightgown. She's in a white tank top and panties. Yeah. So she's just a little bit sluttier than Mary, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I just think that the, the line where Lisa goes, you're talking about your work, and he says, I'm talking about my life, is like, oof, yeah, that's the problem, Dean. You think that your work is mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. And then also, he does like, a wall she... slam, which is always fun, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love. To I see think it. Lisa is a vampire girly. She was into that. <laughs> Sorry, not to be like she was asking for it. That was not my point. Um, I think if they had been working through things better, they could have made that work, but it yes. didn't. And like I understand well, yeah, I why he didn't want to be like, "Hi, I'm a vampire, and I snuck into your house, and yeah. your son's in the other room." But also, like, 
You have to tell people, Dean. You have to fucking communicate with your partner before she broke up with you. He's just like, sorry, yeah, just, I have to go. I'm, I'm gonna die now. I can't stay here. And, she, and then he, she's just like, sorry, you can't actually be part of our lives if you're not gonna be part of our lives. And he's like, what? I can't believe you broke up with me. Dean. Yeah. You didn't even try. <laughs> That's in the like, next episode, though, right? And, and I think, like, yeah. it looks like you just shoved Ben, like, like, you're just freaking out, and there's no... You don't try to explain anything. You shove Ben, and you're like, oh, I could kill you. And, and then like, even next say... episode, he didn't explain. He's so stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Be like, sorry, I was a vampire for a hot minute. Yeah, what's the I point of having a partner who knows that you're a hunter if you're not even going to tell her about the hunting? This is going to be a long episode. Exactly. <laughs> what? I, oh, I just said this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Strap in, bitches. <laughs> um... I forgot that Dean was going to push Ben, and I gasped. Yeah. So I guess that was good writing. You know, I'm sad for Ben. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ben deserves it's the sad. world. I love him. He's my little um, boy. Thing I like here. Uh, for, first thing, Samuel makes a joke about Campbell's soup, which is yeah, funny, that was good. family recipe. Uh, but the the thing I I like is that uh he's got his grandfather's journal. Um, there's something fun about the familial nature of hunters here. Like they had John's mm -hmm. journal, and now like Samuel has his own like grandfather's journal, which is like back. That's an old journal. Like, Sam's grandfather would have been born in, like, the 1800s, right? Because he was already... I can't do generational fairly... math. Okay, hold on. He was, like, 40... <laughs> he was, like, in his 40s and the 70s. So then he was so, born yeah, that... in the 30s. So then yeah. his dad was probably born, let's say, 20, 30 years earlier than that. So the 19-whatevers, 10s yeah. to... Zeros to 10s. So, yeah, his grandfather was in the 1800s. Which, that's fun. Um, I like the scene where where Dean shows up to to be like brooding in the corner just because like it's so funny. They're all being so yeah. dramatic. Dean is like taking yes. off his jacket. All right, do it. Like he he doesn't want to get blood on his jacket, but he doesn't mind getting decapitated. Like he's so it's funny. Also, it's also like, how did he get in? He must have come through the window. He's got vampire <laughs> We're doing down. the vampire teleportation yep. again. Yeah, fuck. Apparently. Um, but yeah, to get the cure, he has to go get the blood of boris um he has so a he bizarre line the... here he says he's gonna shoot him with so much dead man's blood he, he'll think he's rushing a fraternity i don't understand that at all i i don't know i don't care enough to theorize <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's probably a drug thing but i cannot tell yeah yeah vampire house we talked about the vibes here already being horrible um there's like a funny scene Oh, there's like a big weird clock on the wall. I don't know what this place is supposed to be. It's almost like like an old bank or something. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Robert is here being like, "Hey man, I was waiting for you to show up. You want some blood?" And Dean's like, "Nah, I killed loads of people." And Robert's like, "Oh, we're not supposed to do that, but that's rad. Tell me what it's like." He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it later." They're trying. He's trying to like be broy with them in a way that's sort of cute. Yeah. Also, this um, transcript um editorializes more than most of the transcripts we've been seeing from SupernaturalWiki.com. dot com. Uh, this one says Robert rips the stopper off the bag and takes a swig. Dean looks like a man who hasn't had water in days and is being forced to watch someone down a frosty bottle of Evian. It's very funny. <laughs> Thank you, transcript writer. Um. Yeah. So he says company line. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. The 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 nature of the operation going on here. And, like, Boris almost being, like, a middle manager for, like, the alpha vampire that we'll get a brief glimpse of later. That's interesting. I don't quite know where to go from here, but there's definitely, like, I don't know, um, treating vampires like a weird, like, 
not a not corporation exactly, or or like you know, vampires and wealth has been, often been a thing, but like um, it's like vampiric hierarchy is um an often commonly invoked thing, particularly in stuff like Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, I can't remember the name of that specific family, but there's one like vampire clan that's very much all about that. Um, what we do, I don't in know. The it's interesting. What? What we do in the shadows plays with like yeah. vampire uh, hierarchy and councils and stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, I think it's neat. I think it's neat that like the vampires figured out like, oh, we this is how we can use the cultural zeitgeist to do this operation. Um, Boris is like, there's never been a better better time to be a vampire. Um, this this is when the episode like is truly like misogynistic in terms like he's like Dracula and Rice please these stupid little brats are so horny they reinvented us as Prince Charming with a Volvo uh they want a promise ring with fangs so I give it to them and uh, yeah this is how they this is their like vampire creation process. It's also yeah it's also an insane thing to say that these brats are so horny they remade us into Prince Charming with a Volvo. No man that was one woman. One woman wrote that, well, and then people liked it. Yeah, but I think that's what he means by that. Like, the zeitgeist of teenage girls did not collectively decide that Edward had a Volvo. <laughs> One person made that up, and everyone else consumed it. I mean, he still has a point. Like, I, I, they didn't yeah. have to like that. Yeah, what he's, what he's saying is true, but it's, it's weird that he's placing yeah, it on the teenagers. Yeah, he's blaming them. It's weird. That's true. Yeah. I mean, um, they read the book. I think the, the, the promise rings is an interesting, like... Yeah, the promise ring thing was interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, this is like such an overtly heterosexual setup, um, where he says something about yeah, he's um, super gross it. to this. He said, "Well, it's it's gross that he's like Boris is being creepy to Kristen, uh, especially because she's seventeen. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like okay, the point is that he's being creepy. Like it's not just the show is like yeah, this is normal. Um, but Boris says that um, you go out and you get them and you bring them home to me, and then eventually these girls will go out and they'll fetch me boys like you." Interesting, considering Boris was the one who brought Dean in. Mm-hmm. Like, something genderous is happening here, but besides Dean, who is the exception to gender and heterosexuality, everyone else is just like, yeah, the, the boys go out and get the girls, and then the girls go out and get the boys. Implying that there's, like, a whole ecosystem of teenage boys who are also into Twilight and getting dragged in by the same false pretenses I, by vampire I, girls that we just don't see at all. You know... <laughs> I think Who we deserve to see the, the goth, goth girls. girls. <laughs> we have one brain cell. <laughs> uh, yeah, this loop is interesting. I don't know. Like, they're, I don't know what their broad plan is other than, like, make a lot of vampires, like, keep vampires existing as a thing. Because they, like, it was a whole thing that vampires were dying out. And I like mm-hmm. that this is how they're, like, trying to reestablish themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and in like, doing so, there. they've, like, leveraged heterosexuality in such a way that, like, it replicates human procreation in like a very Mm -hmm. cis-normative way yeah where like girls and boys together make more vampires yeah i mean it makes sense in that like most people are straight so yeah like if you if you can assume that like gay people don't exist then like yeah this model makes sense it's just striking that like it's the only model they have they're not going for gay vampires (laughs) yeah well i mean they're going for the broadest swath of people they can like that makes sense to me they should just recruit a bunch of bisexuals to go <laughs> seek out other bisexuals. Keep the channels open. The bisexual vampire army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're actually recruiting the- if you if you want anyone. Twirl hair. Wanna... Yeah, I just like this is the mm, 
this episode had two men kiss each other on screen, which I feel yep. like is probably the first time two men have kissed in Supernatural. I know we had the yes. the first gay kiss was with those two women, which one of them was a vampire, and it was completely non-consensual, and we talked that one to death, too, um, because that also had, like, the blood transmission situation happening. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is the first time with two men kissing, um, and... It's just completely not a plot point. It just serves to rule him out as a vampire because yeah. you can't be gay and a vampire unless you're attacking Dean Winchester. I don't know what is happening here. I mean, it's their really mo they they have I know, a list of that's suspects. That's exactly my point. Their their suspects are only heterosexuals because the organization runs on heterosexuality. Well, because it's making a point about Twilight, which yes. is a extremely heterosexual piece of media. It in 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 and of itself, anyway. Yes. Remember the Twilight Renaissance on Tumblr? Those fun times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway, Boris. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny bit that. here where they do the like, "How old do you think I look?" Like Edward thing. Uh, and Dean's like, "I don't know, 33." Like, "No, nah, I'm 600." He's like, "Yeah, okay." Um. I will say Boris has an excellent character design, quote unquote. I know this is like a real person. And if you look at this guy's like IMDb page, his hair is even wilder in his older age. Um, this is, this guy's, like, a big character actor, uh, has been in, like, a minor characters in various things, but, like, he, he's very recognizable. hmm I'm just gonna post the, look at this man's hair! It's very, well, yeah, it's, it's like Brian May. <sighs> um, speaking of Boris and Dean, and heterosexuality, and lack thereof, um, uh-huh. so immediately... Um, right, okay, so Boris says, like, it's our father's idea and, like, points to the cool stained glass ceiling. Um, and Dean repeats your father's, and Boris goes, aren't you the curious one? Okay, curious, kind of a loaded word in this mm. scene right now, mm. as Boris leans into his face, gets right yep. up in his personal space, and uh, Dean says, you don't know the half of it, and Boris goes, in due time, you want the private tour, don't you? And Dean is wildly uncomfortable because this is the man yep. who assaulted him. Uh, this is not a win for bisexual Dean because no. this is completely not consensual, but it certainly is a gay scene. Uh, it, yeah. whew, what Slash the hell neg. is happening here? It's so bad. Vampires can... I don't know. Vampires are gay people using heterosexuality to spread vampirism. Like, is that the message that we're getting here? It's so weird. I mean, he's like he's like a deviant, right? That's like the vibe they're yeah, going for pre- here. Like, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm not saying that was, like, the intent of the scene is, like, to say this thing about gay people. It's just, I like, know. something is happening here. I agree <laughs> with you. Text. My yeah. My job continues to be poking at, like, what I think the writers probably meant, and yours is to say the thing that is beneath that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then D- Dean tries to come at him with this syringe, and we get this, like slow-mo on the blood drop and then this like wild zoom effect it's really something i don't know if it's good but it sure stood out anyway it feels like the moment in like a heist where someone's like grappling down from the ceiling and yeah you know they can't sweat on the floor because the sensors will notice it and dean just sweated on the floor yeah yeah uh and then the coolest thing in this episode happens Th- yes this rocks this made me like sit up straight in my chair where, like, they hear the voice of, like, the vampire god, and everyone passes out and has a collective vision. It's wild. It's really cool. 
I don't think it the vision not. is very good, but just the like creative. No, it's like uh, flashes of like, like weird images that don't make any sense. I didn't like the montage, but the idea is cool. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, I was like, Vampire God? The show keeps doing cool stuff that probably won't pay off. <laughs> no, it won't. Um, but yeah, this montage. So we get like, the first thing we get are like cells. Oh no, the first thing we get is like a black man in a chair in like a weird overgrown like swampy mansion backyard. Um, then we get blood and then we get uh, crosses, like graves, uh, a classroom, two like weird little twin girls. Um, a town we, we get like close to chicago like the a road map and the roads like uh are colored super red like their veins uh with a specific focus on a circle around a place called aurora um we get more of these like creepy twins like feeding blood to a doll cells dividing uh and then this like this vampire alpha like black man smearing blood on the twins and they go off to like do something mysterious like holding hands yeah it's weird yeah we get some more shining twins because we needed more little yep. blonde twins yep yeah they're very much that creepy like child vampires are a big big trope so i i see why the show is doing them but like it's kind of played out also but also this we is had so many little blonde girls for lilith can yeah. we not cast someone else <laughs> right um Anyway, the show's pretty much over at this point, right? Like, Dean kills all the vampires. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <sighs> like, single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at this point in the episode, I noted that um, this director, like, really likes to have just, like, a single stripe of light on characters' eyes. Like, his one trick, everything is dark. And then, like, mm -hmm. ooh, there's interesting light on their faces. And it's like, okay, but I would be more interested if you sometimes put them in the light. Yeah, yeah it's a very dark episode. Uh, this is where Dean cuts Robert's head off, and it just like it's just like a slash, and it, it comes slaps. off. It's absurd. <laughs> it's so goofy. Vampires' necks are made of like uh, like rice paper. Um, but yeah, Dean gets the juice, gets the, gets the blood, drinks it. It's fine. It's nasty. It's yeah, it's pretty nasty. Uh, also, there was really bad shaky cam in like the fight scene. Yes, he, says he does. Lachim. Okay, flexing on me. Well, like I was gonna get you, let you get away with that. <laughs> I'm just proud I got the huh noise out. You did. Good job. Mwah. Thank you. Mwah. Um, well, hold, hold on a second. When <laughs> Dean and Boris do their little fight scene, um, we don't see, like, most of it, I think. There's, like, terrible yeah. shaky cam that was so bad that I noticed it. Um, I think Doesn't it, like, Boris... cut and he's just dead? Yeah, pretty much. There's, like, they're about to start a fight scene, and um, I think Boris... Like, yeah, Boris, like, does the little, like, Matrix come on hand motion. It's so funny. It was it so dumb. And then we just, they, like, cut, basically. Yeah, yeah we just um, cut. They didn't and have we, time. we get the Sams walking in on him. And he's, okay, the body is on one side of the room. And across the room, with a blood smear in between, the head is under Dean's foot and Dean is sitting yeah. down. Yeah. Like, did he kick the head across the room? Did he drag know, it man. over to the chair? Did he just drag the chair over there so he could wait for the Sams? Like, it's so fucking stupid as posing. It makes me nuts. It's so funny. My my read on it is the head rolled and it just so happened to land in front of something. I that you know could see. it's just so implausible. But it it's is dumb. you're right. It is fucking hilarious. Also, it's made a color theory joke. Here. Oh yeah, this would look great in a children's hospital. 
Um, it's just so funny to me the way they completely wrote themselves into a corner here. Like, how does Dean get out of this? I don't know. He just kills literally all of them. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Also, Even though, now, so. like, Boris he's a vampire his ass with earlier. a machete. He is a vampire. You're right. I guess. I guess his like fighting skills have been boosted. He's on their level now, and he yeah. has a bigger knife than them. Yeah. And he's like all covered in blood, and it's good. I love when Dean yeah. is covered in blood. So true. <laughs> My notes say in all caps, "Yes, yes, fucked up." Then he drinks the blood and gets a little montage backwards of this episode, blurry. Like, I just watched this episode. Why would you think I would want to see it again backwards but blurry? It's weird. Um, but the reason is because we need to see Dean see yeah. Sam yeah. watching him. Um, this is how he figured it. With, out. like, a little flash of putting it into negative so that you know to pay attention to that one. <laughs> it's funny. I hate the directing in this episode. I hate it. Real lowest common denominator And then we immediately filmmaking. finish the montage and, like, are so close in Dean's eye. It's... Ugh, whatever. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, In the denouement, they talk about the alpha vampire being, like... I, I do like Dean's line where he's, like, the fact that they're building an army isn't the worst thing. It's the fact that we don't scare them anymore. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he tries to call Lisa and she does not answer. She does not pick up. Yeah, and then her voicemail comes on, and he goes, hey, it's, uh, no, he says, hey, Lise, um, and, like, immediately the message is, like, press one to keep recording, like, you have two seconds to leave a message? Jesus Christ, all right, um, but he deletes it instead. <laughs> the transcript editorializes again at the end here, um, says they do a patented synchronized car enter, then drive away. Mm-hmm. And that's the episode. That's the episode. We already talked about all the themes. Yeah. Broadly, I like this episode, even though mm -hmm. I also have a lot of problems with it. I but think it, it sucks, but it's one of the ones I would rewatch because it's so much. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I had a fun time with it, which is more than I can say for some episodes of the show. Exactly. Uh, and it's also, fun. it's like a thesis crap. statement it's like, diabolical. made me feel like my brain was expanding. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to talk about. The epic about. highs and lows of Supernatural. Yeah. Um, so Boris, the vampire leader, was played by Joseph D. Reitman, uh, who, as I said, his photo is incredible. He played Very Bad Santa in Happy with uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, Douglas Costco in The Perfect Storm, and Maddie in Money Monster, which are linked in a weird way because they're both George Clooney movies, uh, like 16 years apart from each other. I don't know, that's weird. He's not in a lot of movies. Um, uh, this this guy, not George Clooney, obviously. Uh, he's also going to be Maddox in the National Treasure Show. He's Clayton Cook in First Kill and Gunnar in Thirty Seven Problems. Uh, Robert, the Edwardy vampire, was played by Charlie Carrick, who is Robert Dudley in Rain, Winston Hill in Deepwater, and James Melnick in Assets. I don't know what any of those shows are. Um, the Alpha Vampire is played by Rick Worthy, who is Nathan Jackson in The Magnificent Seven, Janner in Star Trek Enterprise, Chris Didion in Eyes, Simon in Battlestar Galactica, Rudy Hopkins in The Vampire Diaries, Lem Washington in The Man in the High Castle, Henry Fogg in The Magicians, and Anthony Hughes in Station 19. Whenever there's a, a black character in the show, I'm like, oh, I bet this guy's in a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And often it's true. Um... So yeah, uh, that's the episode. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about episode six. I didn't write the... Uh, you, can't you can't handle, handle the, truth. the truth. Stay tuned. Okay. 
Uh, you Can't Handle the Truth, directed by Jan Eliasberg, written by David Reed, Eric Char Carmelo, and Nicole Snyder. A uh, bunch of people on this one. Um, Jan Eliasberg will only ever direct this one episode. I don't know what's up with the show and, like, temporary directors right now. Um, shrug. Uh, but, uh, also, um, uh, David Reed is the guy who wrote Hammer of the Gods, uh, has also worked on The Magicians and The Boys. He will not write for the show again. He wrote two episodes, uh, both about gods. Uh, he likes them, I guess. Um, Eric Carmelo and Nicole Snyder are a team of writers who will go on to write some more episodes of this show. Apparently, they, like, always work together, and, uh, they, each of them end up becoming executive producers for the show alongside their writing credits, so... They work on a bunch of this. They work on a bunch of stuff related to the show from this point onward. But this is their first episode that they're doing of Supernatural together. Before that, I think they worked on like some stuff I've never heard of, like Ringer and Do No Harm. Uh, shrug. But uh, yeah, that's that's who wrote this one. Um, three people is a lot. Uh, apparently, like they did the teleplay and uh, David Reed didn't. So like this may have been a script by him initially that they like punched up or whatever i don't know but um this episode felt sort of messy to me so maybe it might be a too many yeah. cook situation um all right so uh we open on a waitress who's talking to her sister olivia on the phone about her relationship problems and she utters the phrase i just need the truth and proceeds to get it from everyone in a way that honestly is extremely misanthropic we'll talk about what the show mm -hmm. thinks about the truth uh <laughs> I'm so glad you agree. I um, had the same exact thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like there's a little bit of um, the diner scene in uh, Sandman here. But again, we'll talk about that later. Um, she then just happens to find a gun in a drawer at her workplace. She works in a Biggerson's. I don't really understand where or what this how this happened. But I guess she's I guess she's American. So they, they just have guns around all over the place there. True. Um, and uh, when she asks Olivia to come pick her up, Olivia tells her to kill herself. So she does. Uh, rip. Cut to Dean talking to Bobby about Sam being a weirdo from last episode. Bobby's going to look into it. Sam then comes in and tells Dean about the case, and they go talk to Olivia. Um, Dean looks at the dead woman's calendar. Her name is Jane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we see that she goes to Harry's House of Horns once a week. <laughs> That will be, and important. she writes it out in full every week. Yep, Harry's House of Horrors. That's how people calendar. use calendars. It's very funny. There's a bit later where the show like flashes back to this and shows it on her calendar and on the thing, as if we like. And I don't know, people watching the show casually definitely could have missed it, but it's really like apparent that that the House of Horns will be important because the the mise en scène here is so like so much, um, not subtle at all, um. Sam immediately does some cold reading L.A. Noir bullshit that isn't real. You can't tell if someone you can't tell if someone you've just met is lying. Uh, but regardless, it works. And Olivia opens up about saying horrible things and not wanting to, but it just coming out. Cut to a guy in a dentist chair who admits to sexually assaulting the dentist's daughter and so gets a drill through the back of his throat. That's a thing that happens in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Dean has another conversation with Bobby and gets Sam to go investigate the dentist on his own. Well, he does the research, uh, but he's actually looking into what might be up with Sam. You see him looking into research about doppelgangers. Uh, Sam goes to investigate the body of the victim, and Dean goes to check out the dentist's office, and Dean finds a saxophone. Hmm, Harry's House of Horns. Uh, Dean goes to check out the horn shop, and apparently this guy had a special museum piece horn that got stolen. It's a thousand years old. It was stolen the same day Jane died. 
Uh, they, Dean thinks it might be Gabriel's Horn of Truth. Spoilers, this doesn't go anywhere. Uh, Dean calls Cass. It, it, this exists solely so Dean can have a brief conversation with Cass, uh, who he's been calling for a while, and Cass only And without it, horn. we wouldn't have any Cass, so be fucking grateful. Yep. No, I am grateful. <laughs> Again, this episode just feels like kind of all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's a little messy. Um, it's okay. Cass is here. Yes, he is here. Mm-hmm. He Dean asked him what's up with Sam, and he's like, I got no clue, man. Uh, he vanishes mid-convo in a way that's very funny, and then comes back to be like, it's not the Horn of Truth. I looked everywhere, which is, is good. Uh, he says he does want to help figure out Sam, and we'll look into it, and then he vanishes for real. Sam, meanwhile, as said, is checking out the bodies, and the coroner mysteriously tells him that the bodies are just gone, which feels like you would do an investigation into that if that happened. Uh, that's kind of a big deal, but whatever. Uh, Sam learned that one of the missing bodies died a week before everyone else, and so goes to check out her apartment. Meanwhile, Dean's at a bar. The bartender is nice to him and asks him what's up, and he says he wants the truth and starts getting it. He calls Bobby, and it works on him, and we get a funny scene that we'll talk about. Um, Sam talks to the roommate of the woman who died first, uh, whose name was Corey. She had a real bad day and thought her boyfriend was cheating on her, which made her obsessed with finding out the truth. Dean, meanwhile, is called by Lisa and gets the truth from her, too. Turns out she's not actually doing so great. Says as long as Sam's in his life, he's never going to be happy. Says she and Ben can't be in this with him. Oof. Oof. Sam goes snooping in Corey's room and finds some witchery. Uh, Dean runs into him. The thing we've been waiting for happens, and, uh, well, Sam says that he can't lie, and of course he never would have let him get vampire chomped. Hmm, we know that's not true. Anyway, Sam looks into the witchery, and it turns out Corey called on a goddess, Veritas. She doesn't like dogs. All of this is bullshit, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but whatever, it's fine. They check out records of this news broadcaster lady who has been in the background of some scenes, and based on a dog freaking out at her, decide it's her, go stalk her. She has a very big, nice house that's all glass and concrete, and the boys do a home invasion with knives and dog's blood. They eventually find the room where she keeps all the bodies. It's real grisly. I do like the, the set design here. She's got one of them hanging, bleeding over a swimming pool. Um... Anyway, she, like, gets them and ties them up and monologues to them about truth and lies. Uh, she makes them tell some truths. We'll talk about this. Honestly, though, it's nothing too juicy until it turns out Sam isn't affected by Veritas's truth aura, and she says he's not human. Um, Sam, as always happens when they're tied up, had been cutting his way free this whole time because no one ever checks them <laughs> for their secret knives uh, and attacks her, gets his ass kicked, but then Dean breaks free and they tag team her and she she dies by their knives. Uh, Dean then asks, what the heck is up with Sam? Sam admits that he knows something's wrong with him, that he lied, that he did let Dean get turned because he knew there was a cure and that this would help them get the vampires. Sam apparently doesn't, like, feel emotions anymore. Like, he wants to, but, like, he's perfectly calm at all times. Uh, and it's weird and he's freaking out about it a little bit and admits that he needs help. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much the episode. So we find out what's up with Sam this season. Yeah, what's up with Sam? What is up with Sam? We're getting somewhere. Only six episodes in and we're starting to actually address that there's something up with Sam. Yeah, this happened quicker than I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to slow burn this more, but, like, this episode has direct continuity with the previous one. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, this episode's kind of all over the place. Broadly, I liked it. I thought this was fun in the way that, like, the Siren episode was, for example, as far as, like monster who exists to bring out the emotional trauma like within our characters using magic Mm -hmm. in various ways um that the truth stuff was interesting as a curse i don't know how i feel about what this episode thinks about people uh you know obviously everyone has some kind of like dark truth that they don't want to admit but like there's some 
there's a real catalog of like people who all did like horrible things in a small like or, or th- do or think horrible things in like a small area. Um, and like nobody I, is like, I need to hear the truth. And someone's like, wow, I really like your shirt. Yeah, it yeah. It's happen. all which like it's a curse. Like I get it. But... Yeah, I understand that like the intent is like, OK, Veritas wants a sacrifice and she doesn't get a sacrifice if the person walks away happier. Yeah. But, like nobody was just honest about something positive. Yeah, I get the sense that it's uh, it's like the truth in the way that like is not actually the proper truth in terms of, like, people are... People think things, and, like, it's true that they thought that, but also, like, just because they thought that doesn't mean that that's permanently what they think. Like, sometimes yeah, you like, just have like a horrible what thought. what Olivia says about um, she didn't want to say it, she wouldn't yeah. actually ever say that, she doesn't actually want her sister to be dead. It's um, drawing out, like, specific truths, like, in a moment. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think it's depressing. Um, yeah. Uh, beyond <laughs> that... Which is literally the, the point, but... Yeah, it's not fun to watch. Yeah, the the point I was trying to come to is like the way the plot moves in this episode. I feel like is pretty messy in terms of how the scenes connect to each other. Uh, yeah. There's some real like leaps in terms of like it, it's very the show. This episode does not care about the mystery plot. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that's like oh this just happened to happen in a way that like isn't uncommon for the show necessarily, but was particularly egregious to me in this one. I don't know. It's just like, it felt like they didn't care at all about the mystery side of things and just were treating it as if, well, these things need to happen. So we're just going to move through them at a clip, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very much going through the motions. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. I'm, you're like a serialized TV show. You got to go through the motions sometimes, but I was, I was unimpressed, I suppose. Yeah. Shall we talk about this bigger scene, bigger scene, then? Mm-hmm. The cold open. Yeah. Yeah. This is the second time we've seen a bigger sins. Is it? It will not be the last. I thought we'd gotten bigger sins a few times before this. Oh, have we? We definitely had it when uh, they had the rabbit's foot. Bad day at Black Rock. Yes. Um, and then wasn't um, was the I think it first shows up in the Kubrick had... and Creedy episode. Uh, there's a bigger sins in season five in the famine episode. Uh, so I, we've okay. seen it at least twice before, but I thought it was in a... Oh, no, it's only apparently... Well, it's actually not in the show that much, according to the wiki page, but... um, It serves as a large plot point in a later season. Okay. Well, stop reading. Okay, I will stop reading. <laughs> um, I was just looking at the episodes that it disappeared in. Yeah, it appeared once in season three and once in season five, and now here. So you were close, Ash. Off by one error. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, famously... um. There's a uh, scene at the end of the first arc of Sandman where this guy gets a hold of Dream's, um, oh, what's the specific thing? It's his, like, amulet, right? Um, yeah, it's the Dreamstone, right? Um, yeah, so, so this guy has, uh, Dream's, like, magic, magic stone, uh, that causes, like, nightmares and madness and like the deeper truths inside of people to come out but is not um is not it, truth isn't quite the right word um it's more like the things in their subconscious that are like things that they might think or want to act upon in the way that we mentioned but like are not fully what they are but is like a prism that sort of shines them into a specific direction it like focuses all of that and makes it be the only thing about them um mm-hmm. and uh it's very famous as a piece of like comic work 
um, in terms of the thing it, it's like trying to say about people and the fact that like the show the the story still has empathy for these people even though um like several of them end up doing like pretty horrible things um it's mostly like they are people being tormented and that is the point but it's like it is trying to say that like the strangers you see on the street or like happen to meet in a diner all have like things inside them and like life stories and stuff that like you would never know because like no one can ever fully understand like another human and everyone has like a depth and richness inside of them that like they mostly keep hidden uh and some of that stuff is bad uh but you know not not all of it um and i don't know it's been a while since i've read that i could not like directly compare it on like a deeper level than that but it did remind me of that um I don't think the 24-hour diner is as, like, misanthropic as this is, though, just in terms of, like, how it functions. Um, we should talk about some of the stuff that these people say, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, the first thing she gets when she says that she needs the truth, immediately the cook is like, I pity you, you're sad and pathetic, and I pity mm -hmm. you, and then he says that he did something disgusting to the food. Yeah, he, yeah that, that was the thing that initially gave me, like, oh, okay, this is the mode we're in. Yeah, the impl the implication is that he like that it's his calm that he that, <laughs> that he came with the soup. Gross. Mm -hmm. It could be like his snot, but that's like the that's the the vibe that it leans more toward. Mm-hmm. It's really gross. Um, and completely unnecessary. He did not have yep. to say any of that. I mean, they could have just like, been that the, didn't like, have to I be what you. he said. Yeah, that that's yeah. Um, the manager is like, you're not hot. Uh. The the this old woman is like I ran over a homeless man once. Um, yeah, at but that point, Ace was like on call with me, and so like only getting some of the dialogue and not seeing the video. Um, and he was like, "Is that community?" It was not community. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the one that really made me go like, "Okay, this is a we're in a really elevated mode here about the show's opinions on humanity." Is the little girl that's like, "I hate mommy. I want to burn her in her sleep." Yeah, it's fucking wild. Which, like, again, that's probably not what this girl, like, mostly thinks all of the time, and kids can be pretty, like, vindictive little shit sometimes, and so maybe this is something that she thought at one point. She probably didn't let her get but... dessert. <laughs> yeah, but, like, still. Um, and then just we get this cavalcade of, like, people who are, who just, like, say terrible things to her in a way that made me go, like, okay, really? Because, like, most people don't even think about other people <laughs> in terms of, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, these are just random patrons at the, at like, the this restaurant. Is, this is a food retail worker. Yeah. You know, like, a, yeah. a food service worker. This is, Nobody's, like, this is what it's like living so desperate debilitating to, like, the waitress. Anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but, yeah, this is where Olivia's, like, you're a freak. Uh, you're a walking disaster. You should kill yourself, et cetera. And so she does. And it's it's She sad. says specifically... Um, I mean, you already said freak, which is always like check the bingo card and supernatural. But um, yep. specifically, you're certifiable, which I think like yeah, you know, the, the little nudge towards freak. like institutionalization of mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I guess important note also. Um, it starts with her like the reason why she says the phrase is like um, she went on a date with someone and he said he'd call, but he never did. Uh, and she's like, I just want to know what's up. And then that happens to her. But like later we do see in like a detail I appreciate is next to her calendar. She's got like two numbers from different men. Um, had, had a, had an unlucky love life. It seems like, mm -hmm. 
this uh i just this cold open stands out to me both in terms of like the misanthropy but also um a lot of the cold open characters feel perfunctory in that like horror movie sort of way uh it feels like this episode does have like a deeper empathy for jane she's a sad person with like mm -hmm. stuff going on in her life uh and she likes to play she she likes horns she likes to she likes wind instruments and has an unhappy dating life and apparently a history of bad mental health and i'm like oh man honey i'm sorry this happened to you mm -hmm. uh, what happens next honestly i don't have a lot of notes for this episode because it just like like i said moves through things in the way that it doesn't super care about yeah so next uh dean is on the phone with bobby talking about sam um bobby goes did you call Cass?" and dean says of course i called Cass," which i had to note down yeah um <laughs> And so Bobby's like, you're going on your feelings. You have to collect some actual evidence. We need to operate over, like, facts. Uh, facts and logic, Dean. And um, then we go see Jane's house. Or whatever, yeah. Olivia's house. Sorry. And like I said in the thing, Sam does the, like, you're playing with your hair. That means you're lying. It's like, bullshit. We've talked Fucking about this cop. before. Yeah, it's real cop mm -hmm. shit. Real urban legends around people's deductive capabilities. Yeah. Um, Olivia's like, why would federal investigators be interested in a suicide? And so oh, yeah. it's a new, more caring administration. Yeah. <laughs> is this that another Obama joke? What was that about? Yeah, probably. It is funny. Yeah. But it's 2010. Obama's been president for two years. I know. I mean, I guess two years is still pretty new as far as not yeah. in terms of like, you know, there's, it's only four years, but, um, just in terms of like, you may as well say it's a new admin, like it's a suicide. Like it's not like this is like an everyday occurrence in Olivia's life that she would have like run into this more more commonly. And now you know she hasn't had a previous suicide mm -hmm. within the past two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I can get away with the new. I'll let them get away with it. Um, I really hate Jared's acting in this entire scene. Uh, Olivia yeah. is like breaking down, and Sam is just fucking standing there. Uh, which like is the point, but Jared is doing a really bad job of Sam being standing there. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, he's like moving his face in ways that I don't like. I can't explain it. Fair enough. Um, then Sam and Dean go say, like, we didn't detect anything that we know about for, you know, witches and demons and stuff. Yeah. Sam says he found a tuba and an issue of crochet today, so what, already kind of suicidal? God forbid women do anything! What the yeah. fuck? She literally has hobbies and you're gonna be like, oh, okay, she must be depressed. What? Yeah. Sorry, these hobbies aren't cool enough for you, Sam. God, I hate that line. Literally, Sam, what are your hobbies? <laughs> yeah. You do sorry, sorry, and Mr. You Murder. Kill people. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do like about this episode, um, or one of the things I do like about this episode is the fact that that Veritas is in the background of a lot of these scenes. In the dentist scene that we're about to get, uh, she is in the she is like talking about like organic fruit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, this dentist scene happens. Um, it does it does happen mostly it's just we, we don't need to i don't i don't know if we need to talk about it like this good this guy already synopsized. Said, it's gross and yeah. then it's bloody gross i um, i do think the i literally could not watch it it's some good like slasher movie stuff like the blood squirting mm -hmm. out of his mouth it's the dentist gets exactly the it. kind of thing i can't watch um but i'm sure it was great yeah that's fair <laughs> there's there's a bit during the scene though um, like at the start of the scene before he gets to like the real confessions where he says something like, uh, I can't stand my wife anymore or whatever. And like the drill noise just stops. It looks exactly like that uh -huh. jazz music stops image. <laughs> <laughs> and then the scene goes like downhill from there. 
Uh, Dean talks to Bobby some more, and Bobby's like, maybe it's, maybe, like, there's two worst-case scenarios here. One that it's Satan, and the other is that it's just Sam and he's different. Dean also mentions that Sam makes his skin crawl, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the research happens, investigation happens, Dean goes to the horn place, we get this Horn of Gabriel thing. Again, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but then Cash shows up. Yeah, it's my baby. He uh, homoerotically pours Dean a drink. Literally, why are you as a man pour pouring a drink, drink for a man while looking him in dead in the eyes from a I foot really away? I really like that he poured him a drink. He also, um, he he has... Okay, this is a little bit earlier. I, we we fast-forwarded, and that's fine. But um, he has Cass in his phone contacts when he's about to call Lisa. It's only on screen for like a fraction of a second because oh, he's I immediately scrolling down. Um, right, because he used to have to call him. I, I deliberately went back to see his phone contacts because we don't know that Dean has any friends. And it's like, Cass, Chris, uh, I forgot because I didn't write any down. Um, but Cass is like at the very top and you have to be looking to see it. But I was looking. When did he? Are we at the? I thought we weren't at the bit where he calls Lisa yet. He didn't call Lisa. He considered calling Lisa. Maybe I did go past it. Oh, maybe I just like didn't. Maybe I just completely missed that he did that. Uh, My next note is in all caps. Talk to her. She knows about monsters, Dumbo. So I don't know. It must happen around there. No, the pouring drink is like three lines later in my notes. So it's definitely Cass's in the context before that. Um, it's actually before Sam even comes in and says that a dentist just drilled the guy to death because Dean says, you mean the non-sexual kind of drilling, right? Um, Yay. then there's like a shot of the United States flag in like a transitional scene changer for no apparent reason. Um, Dean's been doing research on doppelganger. He's like on a wiki page. Um, and then Cass is here, right? I've caught up to my notes. I figured it out. He says, I, you asked me to be here and I came. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Although, He's even though here. it's only Stop just because of the me. angel weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like, do you even care about me as a person, or are you just here because of my cape? Mm -hmm. yeah. What's up with Cass this season? Yeah, why is Cass so weird? Yeah, Dean's like, season? what happened to you? You used to be human, or at least like one. And Cass says, like, a... Just so mean. Cass says, A, that he's at war, and B, um, what's the line? That, like, certain regrettable things are now required of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. He does not like having to fight his fellow angels. Mm -hmm. He's just a little guy. Like he's he was just a cool guy to and he's do having it. a terrible time, so be nice to him. He was cool to do it when it was like for saving the world and stuff, but I truly get the sense that he's like deeply miserable about the fact that like they won and they haven't won and like the fighting is still happening. Mm-hmm. He's in the washing machine. <laughs> he's in the washing machine. Um, he's just a little meow meow. <laughs> But he's not, though, also, because we get another really good, like, Cass has powered up moment where he disappears for two seconds and apparently searched the entire town in that two seconds, if not the entire world. Yeah, he just says everywhere, which is really yeah. good. I love him. Yeah, which Go in the past girl. he was not able to do. Mm -hmm. He's leveled up. Um, and he says he doesn't know what's wrong with him, but he does want to help. Of course yeah. he's a gay boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while he's saying all that, that, like, last line, though, we're only seeing, like, Dean's face, like, close up on Dean, and, like, Cass is literally blurry in the background, like, as if I want to be looking at Dean right now when Cass is in frame. Put yeah, him in I focus right Cass now. I to be the blurry wife. <laughs> should we, we should, we need, they should invent directing for Cass girls. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, Sam investigates the bodies that turn out to be missing. We've... 
said that yeah. kind of weird. Um, there's a typo in the transcript. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, Dean is in the bar. Um, Dean, Dean is, like, claiming that he's going to come help Sam, but he doesn't want to. Um, and the black woman who is bartending gives him another drink. Yeah, on the house, she, like, yeah. recognizes that he's having a bad she's day. She's sympathetic to, nice, to him having a sweet. terrible day. And then he says the want the truth line, and she says yeah. something about how she can't get pregnant um, because her marriage is a sham, and she's been snorting oxy all day. Um, yeah. Okay. And then this, like, purple dress woman is like, I just got a boob job, and I want people to look. It's like, yeah, okay, TV show. Yeah. <laughs> We get yeah. like weird sleazy, like like not not saxophone music, but like I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? When Dean does his little double take thing, like boom, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dean like slides back to give her the, her attention. Yeah, and that's like the music. The music is here to signal that we've shifted into c- comedic mode because next he calls Bobby, who's drinking milk. I I don't like. I just yeah. think that's that's fun. He's like he's moving, spinning around in his chair, like getting milk from the fridge. <laughs> he's having a good time. Good for him. Literally, he's having a day off for once. Not even. He's he says he's hitting the books, but like he's just chilling with the milk. And then he admits to watching Tori Spelling, and I meant to look that up, but I didn't. Um. Tori and Dean. So Tori and Dean is a is a show about like is like I isn't it like a reality show? Because it's like actually it's like fictionalizing uh, Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott's relationship, which is like a whole tabloid thing at the at the, that point in time. Tori Spelling is a is a actress, uh, TV act like big TV actress. Lots of like I don't know like scandal stuff around her in a way that I don't care about. Uh, the thing that's funny for me is um, Ash and I just watched Scream, and Tori Spelling comes up in that, too, in, like, a weird bit oh, of synchronicity, uh, where the um, protagonist, where Drew Barrymore's character, um, is, like, uh, with my luck, uh, in the movie of my life, they'll pick Tori Spelling, and in Scream 2, when her life is made into a movie, they get Tori Spelling to play her character, which is it's a good fun. bit. But, uh, yeah, but Bobby likes fe- some feminine things, is the joke here. Exactly. He's watching some reality TV, and then he says, you know what else? I got a pedicure once in a while. Um, and then it turns into, like, this weird fetishizing, uh, subtextually sexual thing. Yeah. Um, he is right about what her name means, though. Well, at least there's that. And then Bobby says that Dean's his favorite, which he definitely shouldn't be saying, but at least Dean no, got to hear no. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know this. We've always known this, but... um. Also, Bobby also, confirmed sorry. Dean girl. Um, I just I just want to fix a thing here. Uh, Drew Barrymore played the character in the in the opening. The main character is uh, played by uh, Neve Campbell. <laughs> um, and so Bobby tells him off for uh, being about to use this curse to go after Sam. Uh, and then he says, "Okay, but did you know my first girlfriend turned out to be?" Uh, and Dean cuts him off. I think what? that was gonna be a trans joke. I don't like where that I, was going. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's also the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. Yep. The show is truly as diabolical sometimes. It's so bad. It's nasty. You didn't have to do that. What was the point? You did not. There? What did you win by dunking on trans women? Yeah. If we could all be so lucky. Yeah. I said I said in my my synopsis this is a funny scene. I do think the like the way Bobby talks is funny and like yeah, we particularly get some fun the, like, acting from... the Tory the Tory spelling um, bit was funny and also him drinking the milk. But yeah, the the like pedicure and the the like 
pseudo joke that like almost happens. Not not a fan of that. To be clear. Yeah. Um, there's more investigation stuff. Uh, but then like the, I I I totally missed if there was like a Dean was thinking about calling Lisa, but the Lisa conversation is the next thing that happens in my like notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, after Dean's call with Bobby, next up Sam goes to talk to Corey's roommate. Um, Corey being the first person who died in this uh, streak of suicides. And um, Sam has terrible bedside manner because something's up with him this season. He's literally just like sitting there while she cries. He like passes her some tissue so he can keep asking her questions. Um, and then Lisa calls. He says, Lisa, I'm sorry, but this is actually the worst time in the universe to talk because he's cursed to tell the, to, to have people tell him the truth. Yeah. Um, he says, can we do this later? She says, you shoved my kid, Dean. How about we do this now? Go, girl. Insist on your boundaries. You are so right for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he can't really explain. Why don't you just say I was a vampire? I couldn't control myself. I literally physically could not have controlled myself instead of just yeah, being literally. like, mm, oh, sorry. That was weird of me dumbass yep um but yeah i guess before this there is a brief detail that i like about uh cory's cat mittens running away that's not what happened no mm-hmm. um but yeah uh it works on lisa she starts telling the truth um she's like you've got so much buried in there you push it down do you th- honestly think you can go through life like that and not freak out just what drink a uh, half a fifth a night and you're good Dean's like, you know what you're signed signed up for. She's like, yeah, but I didn't expect Sam to come back. I'm glad he's okay, but the minute he walked through that door, I knew it was over. You two have the most unhealthy, tangled up, crazy thing I've ever seen. As long as he's in your life, you're never going to be happy. Yeah, and then she's which like, is Oops. harsh and like not what she would have yeah. said without the curse. Yeah. Um, but she's not wrong. Like the whole point of the show is how sucky it is that like they're stuck with each other mm-hmm. and like it's messy and it's bad. Um, I want to backtrack on what I was saying before though, like. From a character point of view, it's dumb that Dean doesn't just say, like, sorry, I was literally a vampire. Um, but there's something interesting about the way that, like, domestic violence is kind of um, indistinguishable or, like, difficult to differentiate from supernatural violence, um, which is going to come back in season nine, I think, which I haven't oh, seen, but I saw a really okay. good analysis of one episode. Um, so, like, that... Like, the way that John's neglect of the boys is parallels the way, like, he would leave them for a hunt or he would leave them for a bar. Like, those are the, functionally, functionally, those are the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter if Dean was a vampire or just mm-hmm. an asshole. He shoved Ben. Um, so, like, from a writing standpoint and, like, a theme standpoint, I can get behind not telling her. Um, so, so, yeah. So, Dean yeah, confronts the, 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 Sam. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, oh. I, yeah, I, I agree with you about the, like, um... The way this show uses the supernatural and, like, parallels it with, like, not only domestic violence, but just, like, normal mundane stuff, you know? Like, this whole episode is about, like, telling the truth and, like, the things people have buried in their lives and, like, that coming out due to the supernatural stuff that's going on. But, like, it's still there. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. human drama is a big part of this episode in a way that I like the way it ties into the meta plot of, like, the Dean and Lisa and the Dean and Sam stuff. Definitely Mm -hmm. my favorite part about this one. Making the personal world shattering nope. is what media should tend to do. Yeah. Um, and then we have this really genuinely unnerving, like, Dean Sam scene. Yeah. Where, like, the- we see Sam put on the mask. Mm-hmm. Dean confronts him, and Sam is not supposed to be able to lie, but as we establish later in the episode, he is definitely capable of lying, so he's lying. Um, mm-hmm. Dean says, when that vamp attacked me, why did you just stand there? And Sam goes... Uh, 
I didn't, he like stammers on it, he like hesitates, but he says that he just froze, um, which Dean has a difficult time believing, and Sam goes, I don't know, shock? I feel terrible about it, believe me. Dean, I can't lie here. Do you really think I would let something like that happen on purpose? You're my brother. How could you even, so he's like starting to guilt him, which is like such yep. a dick move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you. He's like, I got your back. I always have. Uh, he's doing his like soft puppy dog eye look. Um, mm -hmm. And then he turns around and it just drops. Yeah. Like immediately. And, like, that was the only good dead. acting we get from it's, Jared this episode. Yeah. It's so good. I think this whole scene is good acting for him because he pulls. Yeah, that's he, fair. He brings back the old character and then switches to like new, like weird, emotionless Sam. Yeah. It's, it's it. a good scene. This is good. This is good acting for him. Mm-hmm. I, the arbitrator of Jared Padalecki. <laughs> Ugh. Um, um, and Sam, Dean immediately, like, backs off and apologizes. Don't apologize to him, you're yeah. right! Ugh, yeah. it's so good. Mm -hmm. So they um, establish the lore of the episode. They go yep. exposition. I looked into Sam this. Sam says God's like... gotta eat, too. That's not even, like, a guarantee. Yeah, we, we, we've whatever. expressed our opinions on God's. In this show. Um, yeah, uh, Ver Veritas and uh, Aletheia, I think, is the Greek version of the Goddess of Truth. Um, I couldn't find a lot about them. I don't know how much it is just, like, we personified this concept, you know? Like, as I've said before, a lot of, like, Greek myth stuff is, like, different because Greece has been around a long time and there are different eras and different myths, and I get the sense that... Um, Aletheia and also not to necessarily fully conflate Greek and Roman stuff because it's less it's more complicated than just like the Romans took Greece's pantheon. Um, but uh, it seems like it's mostly used in like a philosophical, like metaphorical sort of way than it is like a goddess that people actually worshipped. Um, and I don't know. I, I couldn't find anything about this. This uh, uh dog stuff i do know that like there's a there's a similarity there, there's like stuff about her uh like in and wells and so i think truth coming out of her well to shame mankind might be mm. veritas oh interesting um truth coming out of her well to shame sam winchester <laughs> so true as she should when was that painting was that a yeah that's like the late was in the renaissance yeah. no it wasn't it's the late 1800s oh. it's close to the 1900s actually um but it wasn't is a, it, like it is sort of a throwback to... yeah it's, it's 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 in response to impressionism because it's very much a renaissance style painting in the way of uh how it's drawn um but uh the the wikipedia thing does link to uh veritas um oh i think it might be the this guy's own like series yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff. About yeah, truth he did a whole bunch and, of like truth in a well yeah. and dying in a well and coming out yes. of a well. But I don't know. I I think that predates this. Again, I don't super know. I don't know. Do your own research. No, like I'm pretty sure. Or... I mean, I'm skimming the Wikipedia and there's too many capital letters for me to process properly because it's all titles and names. Uh -huh. Um, but I think this is like the last of the series. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, Sam, uh, yeah, says, the, the one... Sam says that she wanted more than tribute. She wants it to be worshipped. I... And Dean says, an attention whore. Uh, God forbid women do anything. It's a Diogenes <laughs> line, apparently. Um, or no, wait. Diogenes... Diogenes quoting Democritus said, of truth we know nothing, for truth is in a well. Um, so that's probably where that comes from. But again, He's it all seems weirdo. metaphorical more than... <laughs> okay, Mr. Barrel. <laughs> um, so yeah, they go... They, they go 
to this lady's house. Um, she's got a real big, good house. Yeah, mm, rich nice person house. house. Yeah, lots mm -hmm. of concrete and glass, like I said. Um, mm -hmm. Weird rooms, like naked concrete walls inside, like fountains. Oh, hang on. Before they go to her house, they like investigate okay. um, her footage. And yeah, they like stole oh, yeah. a computer tower or something. I don't know. Um, but they have a lot of her like recording and it, the timestamps indicate that it's like 13 hours, but okay. So they watch 10 hours, then they hit fast forward and sit there all night and then it's at 13 hours, but whatever. I just feel Again, like if you're going to be this stupid, episode you should expect like me to catch you. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's all really messy. Well, she has a cat, nice brown cat. Meow, meow. They go to her house. She's got a headless body hanging up over a bathtub. That body like fucking rolls. Pool. It looks straight out of Amnesia. Yeah, it looks great. They, like, bump into it when she flings them into the pool. Yeah. It's part of her decor. No. It's icky, and I love it. Uh, it's and implied then, uh, that Sam murdered some dogs in this episode. Yes, right. He did get some dog blood. Yeah. I... Yeah. Um. Anyway, she catches them and, do. like, yeets them. And they, they both just, like, get, go flying and I guess simultaneously hit their heads and immediately pass out silently. It's so funny. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, then she starts monologuing for no apparent reason and also for no apparent reason decides that the best use of her time as a goddess is to investigate the Dean Winchester show. Like, yeah. why does she care about their interpersonal drama? It's not going to make them tasty. kill themselves. They're tied up. I think she likes it. Like, it's fuel for her, is the excuse. Listen, who among us does not like watching drama unfold? I mean, yeah, if she's in it for the drama, I guess. But it's so, like, you are watching a show where they are the main characters. I don't know. Uh -huh. Also, she doesn't even... Well, part of her monologue is she goes, I wouldn't be so cocky if I were you, Dean. You know what happens when you base your life on lies, right? The truth comes along and... So while you still got... And what? And it's you, I guess? I don't, I don't yeah, like the line. Yeah, literally, what so is she dumb. saying there? I do think it's cool that she's eating raw human tongue. It, yeah, I love it. I yeah, love this it. is all utterly unremarkable. She, like, Veritas is very interesting. She exists solely no, to it's... have this conversation happen at the end and reveal that Sam is a monster. Mm-hmm. Or not human anyway, but the only, but, like, the only thing that aren't humans that aren't monsters are angels. That would be cool if you came back as a Sam's an angel. angel. Yeah. Samgel. <laughs> um, it does seem like this actress is having fun. Like toying with them. Oh yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, Dean says Dean forced to tell the truth, or the most negative version of the truth, says, uh, "I told myself I wanted out, that I wanted a family." And she says, "But you were lying." And he says, "No, but what I'm good at, so <sighs> what I'm good at is slicing throats. I ain't a father. I'm a killer, and there's no changing that." So he wasn't even lying. He knows that he wants a family, but he's not good at having a family. He's good at being a killer. I'm going insane. Insane. He doesn't believe that, that it's possible for him to change. Ooh. And since he believes that Sam is normal and was not lying to him before, he's like, well, I guess Sam being weird is just because of the gig. The job does weird things to you. You have to be a tough person to be a good hunter. Dobby also mentioned Sam is a better hunter than Dean is lately. So whatever's up with Sammy, it is helping him in hunting because yep. being weak and emotional, being a weird little sissy Dean, is not going to make you a good <laughs> hunter. Ugh. Ugh. I think the show is on Dean's side there. I don't know if the show necessarily thinks that Sam being a better hunter is a good thing. Yeah. No, exactly. It's just that he thinks he's stuck in it anyway. Right. Got it. 
That was, yeah, the ugh noise wasn't disgust. It was despair. Fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, and then they kill her. Yeah, yep. that's it. Well, and no, after... Sam lies, and then they kill her. Well, yes, but I said that already. Yes. Um, There is a really cool bit where, like, Dean stabs her in the back, and she turns around with, like, a monster face, and that's actually the one of the Yeah, she does have a creepy monster, monster face, yeah. Have. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. It looks cool. excellent. Yeah, her scary teeth and eyes are good. Mm-hmm. It's, like, cat-like, but hairless, so it's, mm-hmm. like, really un- unnerving. Yeah, they do weird cat stuff with her, which I don't guess, because cats are huge liars. <laughs> Did a cat hurt you once? <laughs> no, I love cats. Did you have a bad breakup with a cat? Cats are great. I just don't trust them. Mm. They do lie. They do regularly lie about... Uh... Cats know what sin is. Nope. Some cats are smart enough to be bastards. Okay, so the Denuma. Dean says that Sam is not his brother. Oof. Yeah, he's like holding a knife Oof. out on him already. Ooh. Roblox dying noise. <laughs> it's like, I'm me, Dean. Look, just let me explain. Dean says, why the hell should I believe anything you say? Sam says, okay, you want the truth? Here it is. God's honest. She was right. There's something really wrong with me. I've known it for a while. I lied to you. And I let you get turned by that vamp because I knew there was a cure and we needed it and we needed in that nest and I knew you could handle it. He's like, I could have died. I could have killed Ben. And Sam's like, and that should stop me cold, but I just don't feel it. Ever since I came back, nothing scares me anymore because I can't feel it. And then Dean beats the shit out of him when the episode ends. Yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah, punch him, Dean. And then he punched him the first time. And I was like, yeah. And then he just kept punching him. And I was like, um, okay, maybe a little excessive. And then he just keeps punching him. And I was like, you are going to mm-hmm. kill him. Human beings don't work that way. But it's well, fine. It's television. So, yeah. Sam doesn't feel yep. anything. He got that depression. Excited to see where things go from here, I guess. But I don't know if there's a lot of talk about right now. No, except for the fact that yeah, I him. guess this makes sense. What's up except with Sam? He, knows. he doesn't he feel knows anything. Up, but he doesn't know what's up. That's what we know now. Um, is that it for this episode then? Yeah, I, I guess. Think so. Do we have actor facts? Mm-hmm. Veritas was played by Sorinda Swan, who played Zatanna in Smallville, Erica Reed in Breakout Kings, Paige Arkin in Graceland, Chloe in Ballers, Medusa in in Humans, and Jenny Cooper in Coroner. Jane from The Cold Open was played by Ingrid Nelson, who is a big kids show voice actress and uh, plays Raspberry Tort in various Strawberry Shortcake stuff. Also, Apple Dumpling in the newest show. She's also various members of the Pie family in My Little Pony and various characters in Littlest Pet Shop. Um, Good for her. Perry of the House of Horns, played by David Avalon, who played Johnny 2x4 in Ed, Ed, and Eddie uh, and Doc in Once Upon a Time. Bartender was played by Vicki Lambert, who was Mrs. Kelly in Julie and the Phantoms. Uh, and Corey's roommate was played by Laura Bertram, who was Trance Gemini in Andromeda, uh, which is the most shy, is the most like sci-fi show character name ever, Trance Gemini. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's the show. So that's it for um, Live for Your Twihard and You Can't Handle the Truth. Next week we're doing six, what are we up to? Six, um, seven. Family Matters and six eight all dogs go to heaven. Family Matters is like plot stuff. We find out a little bit more about what's up with Sam. We see some more of Samuel and the Campbells. That's why the title is Family Matters. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we get all dogs go to heaven, which is uh, one of the episodes that uses a creature from native mythology that you should not say the name of. So I don't know how we're gonna. Oh, do that. great! <sighs> Another one. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
All right. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. And uh, tune in next time for all that. Uh, until then, uh, I guess we're going to be <laughs> gonna beating the shit beat out of each other. <laughs> or I could go find my brother and beat him up. <laughs>